dawn's early light. What so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the Uh, we want to welcome you. Good morning. We want to welcome you to First Baptist. We are glad you've come to worship with us this morning. And um, I know that we are entering into our 4th of July weekend week. And so a lot of people are traveling. Let's just keep them in our prayers. If this is your first time worshiping with us, we want to extend a special welcome to you. And we're going to ask that you just, everyone, fill out the little flap on your bulletin and place it in the offering plate in just a few moments for us. And uh, especially if you're visiting with us so that we can get a record of your visit and get some more information to you. So First Baptist, if you'd stand and greet one another and look for those visitors around you.
Let us pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this lovely day that you have given us to come and worship you. Lord, I pray that as we worship you today, that we are giving our whole heart, our whole mind, and our whole soul to you. Lord, I pray that as we come to this part of the service that is dedicated to you solely, and that we give back to you a portion of what you have given to us. Lord, I pray that we will give it with a willing and glad heart, and that it will be served to use you name around the world. Lord, bless us, bless this service, and Lord, most of all, speak to each of us individually. In your name I pray, amen. Still my 
Well, this Sunday before July the 4th, I'd just like to uh, take a point of personal privilege here and see uh, how many of you have served in our armed forces. If you've served in our armed forces or are currently serving, would you please stand at this time so we could honor you? We just want to take this opportunity. Thank you. For preserving and protecting and, and handing down the freedom that we enjoy by virtue of our presence here today. We are free to worship. We are free to serve God, to love God, to follow him in the manner that we deem best. And thank, thank, God, thank God we have the scriptures that guide us in that endeavor. Um, the book of Galatians, I, I love preaching through the Bible, one sermon out of each book. We're in the book of Galatians today. And I don't think it's coincidence that the theme of the book of Galatians is freedom. You want to know what the book of Galatians is all about? It's freedom. And here we are, the Sunday before July the 4th. Uh, the book of Galatians was the first book we translated from Greek into English uh, my first semester at seminary. And I loved getting my old notes out this past week and looking through them. And, and uh, the passage of Scripture for the sermon entitled Free for All is Galatians 5, verse 1, and then 13 through 25. Paul is writing, let me just summarize it for you. Paul is writing to the Galatians who have become saved, and yet they're still vacillating uh, with, with wondering, do we need to obey the Jewish law too? Do we need to do everything the law requires and then be a Christian as well? And Paul is saying, no, when you are saved, you're set free from the bondage of the law. You're set free from all the requirements that the law places upon you. And you are free to love and to serve and to be a slave of Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? The, the greatest freedom you and I have, it sounds ironic, but the greatest freedom you and I have is being a servant of Jesus Christ. It comes in fulfilling that purpose for which we were created and what we created for, to love God and worship him and, and serve our fellow man. And that basically is, that's what Paul says here in this passage. Galatians 5, 1. 
Uh, incidentally, we had a, an Austrian professor visiting at seminary when I was there, and he's written several commentaries named Edward Schweitzer. And uh, he would always say, when you read the text, don't only look for what you expect that's not there, but also look for what you don't expect that is there. In other words, what surprises you about this? What did you expect that's not there? And what did you not expect that is there? In this, in this first verse, I have just been rolling over and over in my mind all week long. Verse 5-1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Does that sound redundant? Does that sound um, circular? For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He's talking about the slavery of Judaism. Verse 13, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another. For the whole law was fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed. It's interesting, the word for bite there refers to snakes. If you bite and devour each other like snakes, take heed that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. So here are the two spheres. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are plain. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. If you're in Bible school, you know this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, as we come on this Sunday before July the 4th, we thank you for the freedom our American citizenship affords us. And we also thank you for the freedom our citizenship in heaven makes possible as well. Help us to live as free men and women, boys and girls, not just doing what we want to do, but freedom from being in relationship with you, freedom from being in bondage to you, freedom from be, for being your slaves, for being your servants, for obeying the Spirit and not the flesh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The sermon is entitled Free for All because basically that's what Jesus offers us, freedom in everything and for everything. Of course, that's not the kind of freedom the world knows. I looked up the Webster definition of free for all and it says, a competition, dispute, fight open to all comers and with no rules, a brawl, a chaotic situation, resembling a free for all, especially lacking rules or structure. So if a group of people come together and they have a free-for-all, basically they just 
fight each other, and then collapse. And that's what some people, I guess, define as freedom. But Jesus says freedom comes in being in relationship with him. Freedom comes from being a servant of his. I I so look forward to the summer months. Here we are in the middle of the summer. When I was growing up, we had June, July, and August out of school. And uh, at the end of May, man, we were counting the days, counting the hours until we could get out for the summer. And, it, you know, it, then summer came, and I'd sit at home for a few days and be totally bored. You know, we didn't have cable TV, and we didn't have videos, so I either had a choice of watching soap operas, basically, which were on in the afternoon, or going outside and playing, which, you know, a lot of times there wasn't anybody really to play with. So I was bored. So when Vacation Bible School came around... I look forward to it. Vacation Bibles, I mean, they could have read the Old Testament in Hebrew to us for three hours, and I still would have enjoyed it because it was, it was, it broke the doldrums of the summer for me. It gave us something to look forward to. And, And so I started wondering, why is it that all year long we look forward to the summer months, and then when summer comes, I look forward to going back to school again, even vacation Bible school, because We need some kind of structure. We are created to have some kind of boundaries. Right after being set free from school, I was looking forward to having something provided, some some activity, something to do again. We need boundaries. I got curious this week and went on Google and searched boundaries for people and things and animals and, and came up with an interesting article about why animals need boundaries. You ever thought about that? An animal that has no boundaries, that has no fence, that has no control, that has no master, uh, can really be destructive. And the story was told about a cat that the, uh, the woman said, you know, when I come to visit, just put cardboard around the base of your furniture so she doesn't tear it up, basically. And, and, and the author said, you know, that not only did the cat tear up her furniture, but that's how a lot of animals end up being returned to the, to the pound or to the vet because they're so destructive. They haven't had anybody to provide any boundaries for them, any controls. And animals love to know, you know, what can I do to please my master? What can I do, you know, to get a little treat or to, to, to do what that relationship is meant to be? That's so simple, such a simple analogy. And yet how much like that are we? We're created to be in a relationship with God. And when we know what he desires and when we respond to that, we are the happiest possible beings we could be. I say that because genuine freedom, the first point in my sermon, comes with responsibility. Nobody understands what freedom is anymore. Uh, The prisoner says, you just let me out of jail and I'll be free. The child says, wait till I get out of school and I'll be free. Uh, Russia says, let's be done with communism and we'll be free. Over in the Middle East now, what all is it? Egypt and Syria now have overthrown their dictators. If Syria has the Muslim Brotherhood controlling them, they're getting ready to find out what slavery is all about, let me tell you. But uh, in relationship, all those people are just mistaking apart for the whole, a parent says, I can't wait for my children to move out and we'll be free to do what we want to do. The child says, I can't wait till I graduate from school and I'm out from underneath my parents' house, you know, and I can do what I want to do. 
All those people are just mistaking a part for the whole. Our text shows us that freedom is more than just release from captivity or from responsibility and obligation. Freedom is more than all that. And and to realize that, you've got to realize Paul and his perspective and his background. Because Paul, who was Paul? He was a Jew. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. And so when he talks about freedom, what is the common Jewish mindset when it comes to freedom? They're thinking about Egypt, aren't they? They're thinking about slavery and the exodus and Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. That is their concept of freedom. So the children of Israel are are released from Egypt, released from 400 years of slavery, and they head out into the wilderness. What's the first thing that happens when they're in the wilderness? They camp at the foot of a mountain called Mount Sinai. Moses goes up the mountain. Actually, he goes up twice. And he comes down with what? The Ten Commandments. He comes down with the Ten Commandments. Why? Because God knew that the children of Israel, when they were set free from slavery in Egypt, needed boundaries. They needed guidelines. They needed the relationship with him. And so God says, My people, you are free. Now obey these commandments. Do these things that I have commanded you to do. Because God realized, God knew that there is no freedom apart from relationship, apart from obligation, apart from responsibility to him. Verse 5, chapter 5, verse 1, for freedom Christ has set us free. What does that mean? For freedom, Christ has set us free. It's, it's re, you know, over and over again, I've been thinking about that. I think what it means is that Christ sets you free to be free. It's not just redundant. Christ has set you free to be in slavery, to be in bondage with him. Because when you are, then you will experience true freedom for the first time in your life. For freedom out of relationship with Jesus, he has set you free. That is his purpose. That is why he came, to give us a relationship, to give us responsibility, to give us boundaries, to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. And when that happens, then we are free. It's so ironic Who would have thought that freedom comes in being a slave of Jesus Christ? But Paul says, look at it this way. You're either a slave of the flesh or you're a slave of the spirit. Either you're doing the works of the flesh and he lists them or you're being led by the fruit of the spirit and he lists them. And if you are a slave to the flesh, that is, and and to sin, let me tell you, that is a cruel taskmaster. But if you are a slave to Jesus Christ, then the fruit of the Spirit begins to be made manifest in your life. Love, joy, these are not the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are things that we only have one or two or three of. These fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, we can cultivate all of these fruit 
We only have a few gifts, but we can have all the fruit. And all that fruit is manifest in our lives when we are obedient to the Spirit, when we are slaves of the Spirit, spirit and, and put aside the works of the flesh. Freedom is accepting the Lordship of Jesus Christ, pure and simple. That's what freedom is, accepting his lordship, doing what he wants us to do, obeying him, following him, loving him, being a slave of his, and only him. Freedom is not just the overthrow of a tyrant. It's also the recognition of who your Lord is, and our Lord is Jesus Christ. And freedom is an active state. The symbol of our nation is is what? It's a bald eagle. And and what is that eagle doing? Is he just running across the ground? That's not the symbol of freedom, is it? The symbol of a bald eagle is soaring high in the heavens, just, just enjoying flying, doing what he was created to do. And that's what freedom is for us. Freedom is active. Freedom is doing something when when a, when a criminal is released from prison, he doesn't sit down. He runs and he opens his arms and looks up and celebrates. Freedom is active, and that's what you and I do when we are free in Jesus Christ. We're doing something. We want to run, and just as a bird in flight realizes its freedom, Paul says, you realize your freedom, verse 13, you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, But through love, what? Be servants for one another. Be servants to one another. Let love be your guideline. Let love be your rule. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, let love guide everything you do. Through love, be servants of one another. So as a bird in flight represents freedom, What represents freedom for a Christian? Loving God, serving one another. That's why uh, I've talked to the mission teams this morning. Uh, Bill and Susan are in St. Thomas. John, is it Matthew? I guess down in in, uh, Miami, Homeland, Florida. The Connecticut team got back last night. The uh, Marietta team got back Friday night. And the China mission team is coming home this week. But, uh, you know, I, I asked all those out there, I said, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. It's, you know, we're, we're having so much fun. You know, and I'm thinking, you're, having, you're, you're enjoying it. Everything's going great. You know, are you just sitting there doing nothing? No. You know, when you're on a mission, you are, you're working probably harder than you have all year. You're, you're serving. You're, you're getting up early. You're staying, uh, you're staying up late. You're, you're filling as much as you can, and you're doing so much. But... It is so much fun. Why? Because you're loving God and you're serving your fellow man. That's why going on a mission uh, trip is so much fun. Because you're doing what you're created to do. You're doing exactly what Paul is talking about here. You're experiencing freedom by loving God and through love being servants of one another. I've come to realize that, that Christianity and, 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 and our, our, our national heritage have so much in common. As a Baptist, you know, I, I, 
separation of church and state is important to me because we were persecuted. Our forefathers were persecuted for their beliefs in England and basically came to America to have freedom of religion, to, have separ- to not have the state tell us what to do or how to do it. And so that separation, that wall of separation is important to me because of our, our Baptist heritage. But I also realize that Christianity and patriotism have a lot in common. And that's why out there on our flagpole we have the American flag and underneath it we have the Christian flag. And here the American flag and the Christian flag and we say pledges to both at the beginning. I was looking up in in some of our history. My Country Tis of Thee was written in 1832 by a Baptist minister, Samuel Francis Smith. The Pledge of Allegiance was written in 1892 by a Baptist minister, Francis Bellamy. So it seems to me like freedom and faith go together. Paul says, when you are faithful to Jesus Christ, when you are loving him and when you are serving your fellow man through love, you are never more free because that's the kind of freedom that you are set free to do. You can't have freedom without faith, I don't think. And you can't have true faith without freedom. And that's why on days like today, we need to be in prayer for our brothers and sisters all over the world who are in dark countries where they don't have the freedom to worship God the way the Bible tells us to. And we who have a free country often take this privilege for granted because we've grown up here and we've never known anything else. But let me tell you, it is a rare privilege in the history of mankind and in our world today to be able to worship God with freedom and with faith. Free for all, Paul says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus offers a different kind of yoke. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's a yoke that he gives us. But it's one that's easy, which means it's properly fitted. And it comes in being relationship with him and being a servant of his and obeying him and following the spirit rather than following the desires of the flesh. You want to know what real freedom is about? Then you obey Christ and you love and serve one another and you'll be having more fun, more freedom than you ever thought possible. Shall we bow together? God, until Jesus came into the world, the Jewish people had the Ten Commandments. They had the law. And what that did basically is prepare them for the freedom that appeared in the form of Jesus. And he came and said, follow me. And I will set you free to be fishers of men. And when we follow him and when we serve him, 
And when we love you, and when we through love become servants of one another, we experience a freedom and a joy that the world has no concept of. We think simply that freedom is just getting out of jail or getting out of a bad relationship or getting out of school or uh, maybe winning the lottery and never having to go to work again. (laughs) But that freedom is just, that kind of freedom is just so transitory. That kind of freedom is just apart, mistaking apart for the whole kind of freedom that you offer us. So help us experience the kind of freedom, dear Lord, that Jesus makes possible by inviting him into our hearts and and asking him to be our Lord and serving him with every fiber of our being for the rest of our lives here on earth and looking forward to appraising him eternally in heaven. We want to be bondservants of Jesus Christ. We want to be followers of his. We want the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our lives rather than the works of the flesh. Knowing that the flesh and the Spirit are at war with each other. Help us, Lord to give you such sovereign power in our lives that the Spirit will win and we will devote ourselves lovingly to serving you always through love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our invitation to him this morning is Revelation song. It's just a worship song. It's an opportunity to worship God. And if you want to stand and worship him and pray, I invite you to do so. If in the context of doing so, you feel God leading you to make a decision public. Maybe you have decided something recently in your heart. And he's leading you to share that corporately. I'll be at the front here to receive you. You need to profess your faith. You need to rededicate your life. You need to join this church. You want to come forward and kneel and pray and and thank God for this country in which we live and, and ask Jesus to have lordship over your heart and over your life. From this point forward, you do so. We'll stand and sing. You come as, as we stand.